It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get In the Huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. It's my man, Brian Baldinger. Carl Dukes, put him up. And look who's with us again. Nick Costos, again, guys. You better, you bet. Check out the podcast. It's absolutely fabulous. And we're at that point in the year, Baldy, where all the marbles. I mean, we've gotten to the last week of the season. We're going to ask Nick a few things. As far as betting is concerned, guys, and Nick does an amazing job. Again, check out his podcast of talking about these things from a betting standpoint. Baldy and I and my man Jason Lockham Four, we break things down from the NFL standpoint. We go in the huddle. We take you on the sidelines. We got a lot to chop up. But, Nick, I want to start first with week 18. I look at this, and I'm a big NCAA guy, right? In March, I'm watching all the games the first weekend. It's a different feel than the third weekend in the March tournament because things have shaken out. And I look at week 18 like that, where I'm going to have all these these games on and I'm watching simultaneously to see what's playing out. But from a betting standpoint, Nick, are you cautious a little bit about week 18? I I love week 18. And great to be on with you guys. Happy New Year to you guys and all the listeners. Uh, I love week 18 because I love betting the NFL preseason. And a lot of people, I think, will incorrectly say, well, well, you got to be like a degenerate to bet the NFL preseason. Actually, like, it's an incredible thing to bet on because it's entirely based on information. And you can glean a significant edge if you have an idea of what a team is going to do in terms of playing starters or not. Like, if if you know in the preseason that one team is going to play its starters, like, I'm I'm making up a scenario, into the second half, and one team is going to play the starters for a possession, that gives you an edge in the betting market if it's not put out there in the number. Or if one team has a significantly better backup and third-string quarterback than the other team, like, these are edges that you can glean while betting. And I think we have a couple situations like that this weekend where maybe at this point, as we tape this on Thursday morning, some of those edges have eroded at this point because like we're, we're seeing some of these like plans kind of uh, kind of be like publicly put out there a little bit, but I still think there are some opportunities here and some stuff that's not currently captured in the betting market as it concerns week 18. And quite frankly, with games that people might not otherwise be interested in betting in addition to the games, the playoff implications that I think everyone's going to be locked into. So I think you're, you're right about that. It is a different week, but instead of being cautious, like I actually think this is a great week to bet. So let me let me just throw this in. Two quick stories, very quick here, Nick. Before you get going, like I remember playing for the Colts in 1989. We go down to New Orleans, Week 17, final week of the season. Saints are out of it. We win, we're in. All right, they're playing John Forcade at quarterback. He's like the 13 <laughs> quarterback. And we went down there and they spanked our butts. New Orleans, it was a party. I mean. It was a party, and Saints didn't care. They were winning. They had, like, you know, Bourbon Street was flooded. So we go down there, everything to gain, 
against a team that had nothing to win for, and they blew us out. And then I remember one time, like 1992, I'm playing with the Eagles. We clinched the division. We're playing the Giants week 17. They're out of it. I got their starting middle linebacker on his back, and he's he's looking up at me going, Bali, I got a tea time on Monday, man. Take it easy, dude. Like, <laughs> you know? like you're going to get that. You're going to get both both those, you know, this weekend, Nick, where some players are like, got the tea time, like, get off me. Like, let's just get out of here healthy. And we got another scenario where nothing to play for. Oh, yeah, we'll show you. We'll, we'll take you down. We'll be the spoiler. So, the, Ray, the Ray Hanley Giants. Right there. The Ray Hanley Giants were not like my favorite version of the New York Giants in 92. The other one, remember Buffalo-Pittsburgh with Mike Malarkey and Drew Bledsoe in 2004. Roethlisberger's rookie year. The Steelers played their second team. Buffalo had to win at home to get in. That's Willie Parker's coming out game. The Steelers destroyed them in that yep. game. So we, there are many examples. I love yeah. those examples that you gave. Why Week 18 or Week 17 in the past has been so interesting. Nick, let's talk about uh, the playoff matchups you're looking forward to because um, I, I don't know, you know, with the way things are right now, and Baldy and I are going to talk a little bit more about this, guys. In the huddle, we put new episodes out Tuesday, Thursday. Subscribe. Make sure you like us and tell your friends about us. We're going to talk about the playoff matchups as we know them right now. But what are you looking forward to? What, what matchup? Okay, so I'll give you two quickly here. San Francisco is extremely likely to be the two seed in the NFC where they would play either Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. Just for the purposes of this conversation, the most likely team would be Green Bay. So San Francisco, Green Bay is the most likely 2-7 matchup. I think it's a really interesting point spread where I think it's more likely than not that the Packers are going to get, in my opinion, too much credit in the betting market where Green Bay will be coming off. If they win, they will have won all these games to end the year. Yep, San Francisco will have a rookie quarterback, and people, it'll be Aaron Rodgers, like, up against a rookie quarterback is going to be the narrative leading up to that game. I think you might get a point spread of, like, San Francisco minus four, minus mm. four and a half in the game, and I think San Francisco is at least six points better than, than Green Bay. So that is a scenario where I would be looking to, to lay it with the San Francisco 49ers if that's going to be the number. I think San Francisco should be at least minus six in that game against Green Bay. Um, we can, like, I'm sure you, if, if it gets there, you guys will break it down. We can break it down then. I'm looking to bet San Francisco potentially in that game. I think it's kind of like in the AFC, just with so much up in the air, we probably leave that alone and talk about the NFC matchups. Um, Tampa-Dallas is extremely likely to be the matchup, the 4-5 or five matchup in Tampa on Wild Card Weekend, where a couple weeks ago, I think there was a strong case to be made that Dallas should be like a six-point favorite on the road in Tampa. What we saw last week now with Tampa's um, the passing game getting back on track, the, the Brady to Mike Evans connection getting back on track and the win against Carolina where they scored 30 points, which for Tampa is like scoring 70 points in a game based on how that offense has looked. Matched up against the Dallas defense, which has major deficiencies in the back end right now. I actually think this is setting up as like a potential like on-field handicap. Great matchup for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here where it's going to be, and you guys will hear this next week, it's going to be power ratings. Dallas is power rated significantly better than Tampa, but on field, Tampa's definitely got an advantage. And also like Dallas, is Dallas going to be able to run on Vita Vea and this, this front for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's really interesting. So I think you'll have some people that say Dallas should be like a six point favorite. I think it's going to open like Dallas minus like four, minus three and a half. I think I'm going to bet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. Mm. I think the right number should actually be three. So these point spreads will come out on Sunday night, obviously, for the games on Wild Card Weekend. Just watch out for that one, Tampa and Dallas. Where does it open? 
Uh, I would be interested in Tampa, I think, at any number above three. Well, I, I just did that Tampa-Carolina game, and I talked about it last week, Carl, that with J.C. Horn out, whoever was playing corner was Keith Taylor. They're going to go right after him. And they, they were down 14 nothing, and Carolina was looking good, and then they just started exposing C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor. Yep. They got three touchdowns down the field. And, look, if you look at Dallas's corners right now, Nick, I know you have. Like, good luck, you know, what they're doing out there. I mean, the left cornerback position, even Trayvon Diggs, it's a real question mark right now. And they played earlier in the year, you know, open the season, all that kind of stuff. But uh, this is a different Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense with Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, William Golston all in there right now. Um, they're getting healthy at the right time. Ryan Jensen might even play in the game. Um, there's, you know, he's been practicing. Tristan Wurst is back. So I think this is – this is going to be interesting to see what the line is and um, to see how this game plays out because they have struggled all year, Tampa, all year. You mentioned it. They, you know, in, in any win until last Sunday, they couldn't score more than 21 points. But they, they're capable of doing that now. Yeah, and, and fellas, here's the thing too, and this is simplistic, but you really want to bet against the GOAT <laughs> in this situation? I mean, I know he's had an up-and-down season. If you look at his numbers – any quarterback in the NFL would take Tom Brady's numbers this year and go, man, that's a great year. It's not Brady-like, right? It's not what we expected. But under the circumstances with all the off-the-field stuff and the mess that they've had and the injuries, and I just put it out there, going into a game like this, Nick, I, I, I just sitting here going, do I really want to bet against the GOAT to not cover? Well, That's really that's where I'm at. He threw the ball so good last week. I mean, if Kate Otten, if Kate Otten could catch, he would have had five more completions. But, like, every throw – was so – I mean, it was just one stick throw after another all afternoon. I'll say this, and, like, I, I would be interested – if this was full-strength Dallas defense and, like, Tampa's kind of, like, like injury injured offensive line, I would be interested in Dallas. But with the current setup of the teams, I think three is the right point spread of the game. Three is probably I do nothing. If it's three and a half, I think I'm interested in Tampa. I'll just say this. If, if Tampa has to go to Philly in the divisional weekend and Hurts is going to play and he's going to be healthy – uh, I think Philly's absolutely going to truck them in that game. And we'll see what the point spread would be there. I would be interested in Philly. We can like talk about that as it gets there. And one other one, just because you asked the question, Carl, if it's going to be Giants-Vikings on wildcard weekend in Minnesota, rematch of a game we saw a couple weeks ago, Minnesota's going to be more than a three-point favorite. They closed four and a half a couple weeks ago. It's a home game in the playoffs. Minnesota's got a great home field. My sense is, is that when it opens, Minnesota favored by more than three, the Giants are going to get bet immediately. And I will be one of the people interested in betting the Giants at a number above three. It's just like three likely matchups for the playoffs in the NFC and maybe ways to take advantage of it before the point spreads move as the week moves along. Before I let you go, while we're talking about the Giants, and I see your New York cap, Brian Dable, coach of the year, guys. Coach of the year. Listen, Carl, nobody's done more with less than Brian Dable. They actually cobbled together a passing game these last three weeks that is actually working. Richie James in the slot, Isaiah Hodgins, you know, at the X, Darius Slayton at the Z. Uh, they're throwing, Daniel Jones has not thrown the ball in six years better than he has right now. Uh, and defensively, like they're getting their pieces back. You know, Xavier is back right now. Landon Collins is back. Um, to me, when I saw them in preseason, Carl, and I was up there at training camp a couple times, I thought may, nobody practiced, first of all. I was like, maybe three, four wins. They're a playoff team. And they might, they might if they, that happens, Nick, if they go to Minnesota, they could have won that game two weeks ago. Um 
they won't they, they won't back down to the, the Vikings. They'll have a plan, and Kirk Cousins is going to get hit, and we'll see what happens when he gets hit in that game. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. A coach, coach of the year, Carl, is really interesting. Um, Nick Sirianni was going to win prior to the Jalen Hurts injury. A couple losses has now made this kind of like a coin flip between three coaches, Sirianni, Dable, and Kyle Shanahan. Now, Tom Pelissero of NFL Media recently not did like a straw poll, but polled like a, anonymous executives who don't vote on the award, but can right. maybe like give us, we can glean some information from this. And Kyle Shanahan was the winner of the award. If the Niners win out with Brock Purdy as the quarterback, makes things very interesting. Um, I actually think Shanahan is the most likely person to win the award. And I'm not saying that he's my pick. I'm wearing a New York Yankees hat. I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> I think Brian Dable's the coach of the year. I actually think Kyle Shanahan will win, will win the award. Yeah, it's a great point, Nick. And they went through that stretch, Baldy, where we were talking. There's about four weeks, maybe five. They were not healthy. And you just had no. to like, like stay above, you know, stay, keep your head above water. And they, they were did. three or four, Carl. They yeah, and then four. you said when they get healthy, Carl, they're going to be a problem. And and we said they're going to go on a run. And look at this run they've gone on. So, Nick, it's a great point about Kyle. All right, I want to ask you about a game just from a betting standpoint. Tampa's in. We were talking about them in the playoffs. This is separate, guys. It's week 18. Tampa's at Atlanta this weekend. Atlanta's playing Desmond Ritter. It's his fourth start. We're trying to figure out whether the kid can play or not. He doesn't have a lot on the outside. He's got a pretty good running game. But at the end of the day, why would I bet this game knowing that Tampa probably won't play a lot of guys, Nick? So this is um, a potential great live betting game. And I would. this is not like a generalization. Not every game is a great live betting game. And live betting can get you in trouble if you're like if you're someone who has like bad tendencies and want to keep betting. So like don't do that, obviously. But I think this is kind of what you're looking for here. Um, this was Atlanta minus seven on Monday with the expectation the Bucs would play nobody. They're locked into the four seed. Todd Bowles comes out on Monday and announces he's going to play the starters in the game. The line immediately moves to three. While Ken Barkley, my co-host, and I are on the air on Monday, we're like, this is this is insane. Like, the betting market's moving like this. Why? Like, Todd Bowles can say whatever he wants. There is a 0.0% chance that Tom Brady and the starters play the entire game. Right. Um, also, Bowles kind of snuck into his press conference yesterday that Kyle Trask, the third stringer, right, the second-year quarterback out of Florida, or third whatever, third year whatever, is like is going to be active in the game. He's going to dress, and Blaine Gabbert's going to be the backup. What does that tell you? It means that Gabbert's going to play, and then Trask is going to play at the end of the game. What does that mean? It's a preseason game for the Buccaneers. <laughs> so at some point, so let's just say, I'm going to create a scenario here. First drive of the game, Bucks receive the opening coin toss. They go down the field, score a touchdown. They go down the field and kick a field goal. Live betting, guys, when like the line is now reset during the game, and you can bet the game live, which is people talk about a lot. Live betting numbers are not set by a human being that's watching the game. It is literally a mathematical algorithm that is based on the closing spread of the game that is not going to account for what's actually happening on the field. So if the game comes back from commercial break, Tampa's up 3-0, and Tom Brady's got his baseball cap on, and Blaine Gabbert's putting his helmet on, you know the Bucs are about to put their backups in. The Falcons are going to play their starters the whole game to try and win. They're trying to build a winning culture here to see if Ritter is the guy. You may get a great live betting opportunity to bet on the Atlanta Falcons in that scenario. So this is not something that manifests itself in every single game, but because of how weird Week 18 is going to be, I think it's a scenario that we could very likely see unfold fold. Brady and the Bucks score early. Starters get pulled. Number doesn't account for it. You can bet and potentially win money on the Atlanta Falcons. It is a Falcons or nothing spot for me coming up on Sunday. I love it. I, I do. Nick, always great to have you on, man. Tell the people where they can find you and you better you bet. 
Yep, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. We're on live 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, odyssey.com, the Odyssey app, uh, radio stations nationwide as part of our BetQL network. Also on Sunday mornings, countdown to kickoff, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And in the playoffs, we'll be on Saturday and Sunday morning, getting you set to bet and win on the National Football League and so much more. Let's get some money, guys. Nick, we'll talk to you next week. Playoff time, baby. It's time to look ahead to the playoffs. Nick, take care. Wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets. The absolute very best of luck. Appreciate it. Talk to you later today, Nick. Absolutely. All right, Baldy, let's uh, let's shift gears and talk about some of these games Mm -hmm. and some different perspectives. Before we do, I've got to ask you, though, because it's still an ongoing situation with with DeMar Hamlin. Um, As we know, he's improving. I don't know what that means. We're not going to play doctors here, but we feel like that's good information from the Bills. I think his father spoke. But I want to ask you from the league standpoint, because this is the big question now. Do you play this game, Baldy? Can you play this game? And if so, we've got like six scenarios that the league's looking at to push some of these games, to to maybe, you know, have the number one seeds, get an extra week off. There's a lot at stake here. Does the league need to play this, this game and make it up? I don't, the answer is I don't know. I don't know, Carl. I know that I've read all the possible scenarios, how they could squeeze that week, push everything back. They could squeeze the week between the Super Bowl and make it a one week, which they have done in the past. I don't see that happening. I just don't. There's just too much going on. Uh, I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, I do like the fact that the league has placed the priority of DeMar in front of everything else. I think that's been a healthy thing for the fans and the players. I, I, I do think that was the right decision. I don't know. Like, so then it becomes, okay, is is it competitive? Is it an even playing field, Nick? If if they try to play the game, and that means you know these teams are going to probably play two games in you know a short amount of time, that's not really very fair. Uh, so I don't. I, I kind of feel like then then if Kansas City wins this weekend, do they just become the number one seed? And Cincinnati and Buffalo don't get that chance. That's not fair. Right. It's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to the team. I don't know what the answer is right now, Carl. I mean, I really, I've really, i gone around and around like a lot of people have. We've, we've kind of chopped it up and everything, but I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if you have – if you think there's a, a possible solution to this. I just – I've gone back and forth. I'll be honest. The other night when this all played out, first of all, these are two separate scenarios. In the moment of canceling and, and postponing that game, they had no other choice, right? That yes. was the right decision. That was the right decision. In, in, in that moment. But now that you get past that and you know that, you know, DeMar is fighting and and we are praying and we're hoping the best for that, you still have a scenario that these teams need a fair and equitable chance Mm -hmm. to compete for the number one seed. And I've said all along, Baldy, you know, if Buffalo gets that one seed, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I've said that. I think it it gives them a a really advantage advantage to to advance. If that one seed goes to, to Kansas City, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's been at home for all these playoff runs. He hasn't know. had to leave Kansas City. So does that change my mindset about the Chiefs having to maybe go on the road if they're not the number one seed? And I just think if you're talking about something the NFL presses, which is we are going to have a, a, a fair and balanced schedule for everybody to play the same amount of games, and then those results will determine what we do I think you just have to find a way to push this game, not this week, but maybe next, and get it in 
And if you don't do that and you do the no contest thing and you just go on the winning percentages, to me, that's the next best thing. But I just will tell you, and you know this, however this shakes out, whoever gets to the Super Bowl, every fan base that didn't have a shot to get that number one seed, Bengals, uh, Bills, they're going to have to Yes. Look, uh, I remember when the Eagles won five years ago, they had the number one seed. And Howie Roseman, the general manager, Doug Peterson, the head coach, like their whole thing was let's get the, the number one seeds important. It's really it – we want home playoff games. And I don't think the Eagles would have won um, the Super Bowl if they didn't have the number one seed. And we've always said you got to let things be decided between the white lines on the field. Yeah. On everything. You know, nobody would know that Brock Purdy could play if he never got that chance. You got to decide it on the field. I understand the circumstances are the circumstances. We've never seen anything like this. I still believe that games have to be decided and teams have to play to, to make this decision. And look, the game had as much meaning, just the game, as any game played this year. So much was riding on. Um, Cincinnati could have ended up being the number one seed. So uh, they, I, I feel like they have to find a way to play that game, Carl. I do too. Cincinnati clinches the AFC North title with the win or tie versus Buffalo. That was one. But the idea that they could also be the number one overall seed, we will see what the NFL does. Guys, these are questions that are bigger than Baldy and I. We're just giving you our thoughts about it from the people we talk to. But That's right. at the end of the day, this is above what they say, above our pay grade. All right. In the huddle, Brian Balding and Carl Dukes with you. Let's talk about Patriots. Patriots at Buffalo. Now, we know Week 18 games are going to happen. Speaking of what we are just talking about, I, I don't know where Buffalo's head is going to be, Baldy. I don't know mentally where half of this roster, if not all of this roster, that's going to be dressed out on Sunday, where they're going to be. Now, fair or unfair, New England's playing for a chance to get into the playoffs. Yeah. W what's going to happen here? Well, look, he, he, let me just in general say this, Carl. Everybody grieves differently. And you have to allow people. I don't care if it's the, the death to your grandmother, somebody close to you, DeMar Hamlin. Everybody has that right to, to, to internalize that, that loss their own way. Some players, it's cathartic to go back to practice. And sure. kind of for three hours, let's put this out of our mind. We'll come right back to our vigil and what we feel about our teammate. And some just won't be able to do it. They mentally won't be able to do it. Um, and that's, that's not, nobody can criticize that. So <clears throat> I do think it's going to be an issue. Now I understand they went back to practice yesterday and who knows and walk through, I, I, I trust Sean McDermott's the head of the family. He sits at the table. He is a great leader. Um, but it is going to be tough. Now the Patriots, they do things Now they've scored seven defensive touchdowns this year, Carl. It's a team record. It's the most in the league. Um, Kyle Duggar has scored three himself. Mm. Like defensively, they can get after the quarterback. They can take the ball away. I mean, they do a lot of things that make life difficult for you. Offensively, they're trying to get the ball down the field to Tyquan Thornton. They're trying to get some explosive plays. They're kind of like watching paint dry, you know, watch that offense. It's just not – there's just not a lot of juice there. Even the owner has kind of said – yeah, I don't know about this structure, this offense coordinator thing and how it's going. I mean, he's not happy with it. So, uh, but, and so you you kind of can see 
how this thing, even if it's in Buffalo, you know, it's in Buffalo, the Patriots with everything to play for, like I, you're going to get their best effort in whatever Buffalo puts out there is what they can muster up at this point. Dolphins are going to start Skylar Thompson. Some of you are right now going, who? Uh, they signed him. They signed Mike Lennon. You got Bridgewater hurt, obviously, to a concussion protocol. I'm looking at this game, Jets at Dolphins. Jets are out, guys, right? But for the Dolphins, you're going, all right, what what, what, what do you get here? And even if they win, Baldy, we've had this conversation. Do we even see Tua, even if they get in the playoffs? I mean, I'm doing the game, Carl, on Sunday, uh, Hard Rock Stadium. And we're going to be scoreboard watching. We're going to be watching you know, all the one o'clock games, Buffalo and New England. You know, we're all going to, everybody's going to be watching. Uh, Skylar Thompson played, you know, he played great in preseason. He yeah. played a little bit last week, uh, you know, against the Patriots. I mean, outside of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, uh, on a K, they've combined for 15 touchdowns. Outside of, you know, putting up fantastic stats, what is exciting about this offense? I mean, it's, I don't care who's running it. I mean, they've, they've lost five in a row. Defensively, um, they're without a lot of key players, Avian Howard and, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb, et cetera. But, you know, they haven't really just shut teams down. I mean, I can see the Jets. I know, you know, the, their quarterback situation's a mess. Mike White will start. Uh, they haven't played well in five weeks either. I mean, uh, you know, it might come down to whoever has the ball last or whoever makes the fewest mistakes. Like, who doesn't give up the pick six in this game? You know, that might just come down to the Sauce Gardner take Skylar Thompson to the house and give the Jets a win. I mean, I feel like it's going to be in the hands of the defenses that's going to decide this outcome. And probably it might even be defenses outscoring the offense in this game. I talked to an executive, Baldy, um, about the Dolphins situation. And I had one question for him. And then it turned into, a, as you know, these things, they turned into a 30-minute conversation. Yeah. And my question was, do you go get a quarterback with Tua's circumstances? Yeah. I, I'm not dogging Tua out. We've had these discussions all year long about where the Dolphins are, when he's on his game, how good they look. But with all these all of these concussions now, and you you look at your team and how your team is built, and when healthy, it's a good defense. You wouldn't prove the offensive line. This is supposed to be a team that's ascending towards, hey, we're going to be challenging for this AFC championship thing. And he said flat out, I got to go get a quarterback. This executive said, look, I got to go get a quarterback. And I said, do you draft one or do you go get one in free agency? And he said, it doesn't matter. I'm looking at that quarterback room right now, and I'm going, there's more of a chance that he won't be able to play than he will be able to. And therefore, I've got to cover myself. And I said, well, does that mean a quarterback competition? And so we're talking about this, and I'm curious to know what you think. And he said, look, you come back next year, and if Tua passes all of the health protocols, he's your guy. But I cannot go into another season knowing that I could lose him for weeks at a time because of this history now. He he's just says, this is just smart football. This is yeah. I have to do this. Where are you at on this with Tua? I'm, with, you, the, I'm with the executive. Um, look, we all love Tua. We, we love what he stands for. We love – the way he competes, all that. I mean, he's still the, the highest rated quarterback in this league. Um, but there's an injury history at Alabama. There's an injury history at Miami. And now there's these concussions, which are scary. And so I don't think that you can say, well, if we get 15 games, let's just say 
you know, they're sitting around the round table. We go, okay, can, can we get 15 games out of two? And maybe you can, but still the, that's what you're, that's where the discussion starts. Can we get 15 games out of Tua right now? And if that's your, if that's where you're leaning and that's what you're hoping for, that's not, that's not good enough. It, it, you, I, I think they have to, whether it's, you know, Derek Carr, whether it's, you know, the rookie, you know, pool here, pick a guy, I don't know. Um, you, you, I think you have to start planning for the future at that position. Certainly Tua, you could keep him on the roster. He's under contract, all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, I think you have to start preparing for the future. The other thing, Baldy, that this executive said to me, and then I want to ask you about the Browns at Steelers because Mike Tomlin has done, done an amazing job. Amazing. He was saying that the concern for him would be that these concussions that have happened, these haven't been monstrous hits. It's not yeah. like when you were in the league and guys yeah. were blindsiding quarterbacks. Right. He said these hits are like, you tackle him, and then his head hits the back of the turf, and he's got a concussion. Yeah. And so he was like, these are not direct poundings that he's taking. These are almost fluky kind of deals, which is even more concerning because, oh, I hit my head, and now yeah. I've got a concussion. You know, I, I, everybody um, – look, I, I, I'm best friends with Ron Jaworski. played 17 years. He took those type of hits you're describing from LT and everybody yeah. else, and he's fine. They don't even know if he had a concussion. Um Everybody uh, has a different tolerance level for these things. I mean, everybody's body's different. Everybody's head's different. Some people are just more susceptible to them. And what that executive is saying is probably spot on. Like, you know, I see Aaron Rodgers, when he gets hit, his head hits the turf. I don't see concussions. You know, with Tua, you know, maybe that's just the way the cranium, you know, yeah. uh, and the brain sits inside the cranium and the whiplash, it's just different. And so you have to factor this in long-term um, or just into this off season that you have to prepare as if something could happen. Let's talk about the Steelers in the huddle guys. It's our podcast. We come out Tuesdays, Thursdays, subscribe, like us. And uh, we are going to get all over the playoffs. I cannot wait to see what this playoff pitch is going to look like. Now we have an idea, but some things need to play out in week 18. Let's talk about Mike Tomlin. Mike T is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can say all that you want, but he's never had a losing season. And we go into the final week of the season where the Browns are at the Steelers. And here he is once again with a rookie quarterback and maybe not having a losing season. And I just look at this and I go. This is pretty amazing, Baldy. I mean, it just is 16 years and you haven't had a losing season. Think about all the organizations that have gone through coach after coach after coach after coach after coach. And this guy just finds a way. Now, he had Big Ben for a long time. Is this his best coaching year, considering all the, the things that are ha have happened and the fact that they may not have a losing season on Sunday? I think so. I think it is. You know, I, I was in Latrobe this summer, Carl, and um, I just happened to, you know, go to practice one day, and I saw Mike before the practice. He's like, Baldy, you picked a good day. We're getting after it today. Every drill is live. Every drill is we're, we're getting after. So I watched Mike Tomlin run this practice call. And I I, I started texting him. And a buddy of mine is the assistant GM. So we're watching practice together. He gave me like a, a coach's pass, go anywhere you want to go, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I started texting friends saying, I haven't seen a practice like this since I played. Like the, the, the amount of – I mean, I'm watching T.J. Watt making tackles on Najee Harris on his knees – grabbing his leg like it's game day. 
And I'm only saying this. I mean, I, not that any Reed doesn't do these kind of practices or, sure. you know, but I'm just watching this and I just watching Mike coach. And I go, this is what coaching is. He's a motivator. He's an innovator. Like he's pressing buttons. He's evaluating Jalen Warren and, you know, some of these young guys that are now playing for him and he's challenging them in ways that that's what coaching should be. And so he is on top of everything. Uh, the running game is coming along. It was awful. The first three quarters of the season, I can just imagine halftime when they were down 13, three to the Ravens in Baltimore on Sunday night, challenging Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, you know, and Minka Fitzpatrick going, we ain't winning it if you don't shut these guys out. Like that kind of thing. And they responded. They had a great second half defensively. Baltimore didn't get a sniff. They didn't give up anything. They took the ball away. Uh, and the rookie quarterback for the second week in a row takes the team down the field to win the game, uh, you know, with, with the clock ticking. It, I think it's his best job, Carl. I really I do. do and I if they take care of business against Cleveland, I don't know that I want to see the Steelers. Uh, in the playoffs. I just don't, you know, I don't care what, who they play or where they go. I don't know that I want to see this team. Yeah. I, I And the thing too about Mike Tomlin and, and listen, we criticize all these guys when we talk about in-game decisions or clock management, yeah. but, but this is what I love about him. And, and, and I can go back and, and I said this on my show, Baldy, you can go back 16 years from the time he got the job at a very young age, by the way. Oh yeah. He handles situations perfectly yeah he just whether it's about a player all the antonio brown crap yeah never threw him under the bus just handled it behind the scenes and then moved on right we got rid of him we got to move on they took a 28 million dollar cap hit or whatever it was at the time and people go this guy's crazy who does that you have to know the inner makings of your team the inner workings of your team and i just feel like if there's a guy who has the pulse of his team and the players it's Mike Tomlin. And, and I agree. I, I'm just pumping him up because, first of all, I, you know, the reality is African American coaches don't get these opportunities, especially at the age that he got it, especially at a, a, a with the Steelers. The, the Roonies trusted him to say, this is the guy. And he's done nothing but prove it. Yeah. Like that, that, that needs to be acknowledged. And, and I would hope that it would open up other doors for other guys. But the fact of the matter is, I have to judge Mike Tomlin on what he's done. And I just said, he's been amazing, man. He's yeah. been amazing. He's, he's, I mean, if you want to rank the coaches in any order, you know, top to bottom, head coaches, you know, he's in your top three, period. You know, however you want to throw Belichick, you mean, whoever you want to put up there, he's in the top three coaches. Uh, just the consistency uh, over the period of time, um, all, those, all, all the different factors, you know, and then just the consistent winning. Like, we've never seen anything like it, you know, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's great, Baldy. All right, I want to ask you about Lions Packers before we get out of here, guys. Next week, we'll figure some things out uh, this weekend, and then we're all about looking at the playoffs. We'll be breaking down all the games for you. We'll be bringing you the inside information on these games because we can get much more specific with these playoff games because there's just more at stake uh, than the week-to-week. But let's talk about Lions and Packers. Packers have won, what, four straight? Four straight. They've gotten four turnovers in each of the last weeks, right? The last two weeks, four turnovers, then four turnovers. Has that been the difference? What are you seeing with this team that has given them the ability to now have people believing that maybe they can make a run in the playoffs if they win this weekend? This is a playoff game, guys. Lions and Packers is a playoff game this weekend. Well, I saw 
the Eagles run for 350 yards against the Packers, you know, uh, five, six weeks ago. And it was as bad a defense as I've seen in the league. Last week, Jair Alexander said, Justin Jefferson, I'm going to I'm going to follow you to the bathroom. I'm going to follow you to the sideline. I'm going to pour Gatorade for you. I'm not leaving your site. And him, along with the game plan, shut Justin Jefferson down. And then all of a sudden, the defensive line, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, they, they, they woke up. They played great defensively two weeks in a row now. Shut the, the Dolphins out the week before in the second half. Uh, shut Minnesota down all, all game long. But to me, the pulse of this team, I know Aaron Rodgers is who Aaron Rodgers is. To me, Aaron Jones is the MVP of this whole team. Because they're, run, they're running the ball, right? They're running the ball. Aaron Jones is an amazing player. He never misses a hole. You give him six inches of daylight, he's going to find it. And, you know, A.J. Dillon's a great compliment. You know, they're running the ball really well. The offensive line protected and ran the ball well. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is still trying to get deep shots down the field to Christian Watson, whoever. It's hit or miss. He's not getting a lot of them. They're at least trying it. Um, they just – Aaron Jones in that running game gives them an identity. It keeps them on schedule. It keeps the defense off the field. He's, he's just an amazing, amazing running back. Um, he he keeps him on schedule. And then defensively, like what Jair did last week mm. is what they should have done week one, you know, when they didn't cover Justin Jefferson. He played all his own. Like he, he, he spoke out, I want the league's best. And, you know, sometimes players, they just want that challenge, Carl. Like, I don't care for his own team. Give me, give me Justin Jefferson. That's their number one option. And they, they had one catch for 15 yards. They couldn't get the ball to him. And it looked like everything kind of fell apart. And look, Detroit's got a lot of good receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown, and they got a good passing game and all that. Um, this Packers defense has woken up. Like they're playing like Rasul Douglas on one side, and you know, this the safeties are, you know, healthies. So I feel like they're playing the best football right now. And Aaron Rodgers knows it, and he knows what his job is. And so I feel like the all all the pieces are just slowly coming together. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and just like with Brady, you're, you're giving Aaron Rodgers a chance to be in the playoffs after all this adversity. It's a dangerous spot yeah. for anybody that may have to face them. But they got to get past the Lions first. Baldy, great job. You're calling a Miami game this weekend, you said, right? That's right. All right, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, me too. It, sh- it should, right. be a, should be a fun game. Jets, by the way, just for, for, for you guys to know – Past four games, 12 points, 17 points, three points, six points. The Jets aren't scoring any points. Nothing. They That's can't, part they of their can't problem. Sustain, they can't sustain any offense. The offensive line has, like, just collapsed. Um, they've been, you know, they've been cobbling guys together. They've just collapsed, and the quarterback play has just been awful. I mean, just awful, uh, no matter who they've had in there over the last month, five weeks now. Uh, Mike White will get one more chance here to yeah. see if he can – be brought back in whatever role. I mean, they they got to figure out that position. Zach Wilson, I don't think, will be a Jet next year. Uh, I just don't believe that. So I think his time is coming gone. Uh, we'll see if Mike White can put together a game. We've seen it in the past. Uh, you know, if they can hold up long enough to be able to get the ball down the field to a couple of young, young, good young players. It's going to be fun. Another weekend in the NFL, guys. We're back on Tuesday. We'll be recapping week 18 and then talking about what's coming up with the playoffs. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, put them up in the huddle. Subscribe Tuesday, Thursdays. Thank you guys for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Brian, uh, have a good, good weekend, man. All right. Happy New Year, Carl. Great. Great being with you. I'll talk to you next week.
All right, take care.